Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. It's just me and Tad tonight, but Tad, it is a good day to be a Roma fan, good day to be a Serie A fan. Let's start with Serie A, with, with Roma first, Tad. Uh, Stadio della Roma, it sounds pretty official. We are approved for a new stadium, and to top it off, we've got a Champions League group of death winning the group. How was your day? You know, outside of it being yet another crazy day at work, you know, this one definitely puts a smile on my face. Although with the the, the Stadio della Roma stuff, you know, I'm, I'm with Mark on this one. I'll kind of believe it when I when I see the you know the last brick laid and the and the first game being played. Um, and I think at this point also they should probably just change the name to Francesco's Totti Stadium. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, you know, I mean, even if it's just another step forward um, before I guess like all the the general contracting companies and and Roma start shaking us down. Um, you know, it's, it's a step in the right direction. And you know, let's, let's get this thing built. Um, you know, all I've heard for the last couple of years is about how it ain't going to happen. There's, you know, traffic nightmares. The, you know, the mayor is, a, is an OTFR alley. You just make it seem like it's never going to happen. And, you know, hey, apparently it's going through now as, as far as, uh, as Roma winning the group. I mean, just... What it was such a it was such a Roma way of winning the group. Just it was, you know, awesome. I'm super happy about it today. But we made it go all the way down to Carbag. And the guy who did it, Diego Perotti, he was the guy that put us in the Champions League at the end of last year. That's right, beating Genoa last minute. On Francesco Totti's last game. Yeah. He puts us into the, the group of sixteen. So uh Man City, here we come. Yep. We are all getting neck tattoos. Thank you, San Diego Perotti. Big fan of that, man. I was with Marco a few weeks ago that this was kind of shaping up to be a fairly Roma type of ending. I was nervous until the final whistle. I'm sure like all the other Romanisti out there, we're lining it up. We're playing Quarabag. Atletico is playing Chelsea. Roma's sitting pretty, but we're Roma fans, right? I mean, oh, yeah. this usually doesn't go as well as today went, but credit to the Romanisti out there. Uh, they, they took care of business and are on top of arguably what I would say the group of death for Champions League. Yeah. And- tough group i mean who'd have thought we just we just sent atletico down um you know i was i was kind of getting geared up for a europa league when i saw this come out but now i'm with you man until the final whistle blew i was sitting in a meeting looking at my phone and i get you know the group me the group chat that just blows up trying not to get any spoilers and i get one from italy that says did you see the game and it was 90 plus two and roma was up one zero and my first thought was they equalized. Oh God! <laughs> they equalized, and 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 the f- the future has not caught up with me yet. But no, one zero, clip art Diego Perotti. I'd kiss him right on his on his neck tattoo if I could. Um, you know, we, we live to fight another day and go through. And so, who, who do you want to see in the in, in the round of sixteen? Yeah, we'll uh, be watching intently tomorrow to see who will uh, end up playing, uh, uh, potentially playing. But. You know, someone from the East. I don't want to see anybody from Spain, nobody from England. It would be nice to get an Eastern European team for sure. Yeah, you'd like to pick the lowest hanging fruit. It'd be nice to get some revenge on Porto. I just don't want Man City because they're on fire. Yeah. But, you know, just the, just the temptation of, 
you know, getting some revenge on like United or Bayern for some of the Kulo blastings they've given us in the past. Um, or, you know, maybe maybe knock out Real Madrid like that. I mean, we're Roma fans, man. We get yeah. we just all of a sudden now that we're in the round of 16th. It's like I'm already starting to to plan, you know, save my money for the final. Feel that swagger. Yep. It's ours. The cup is ours. Yep. You see DeRossi being all philosophical in all his quotes. Beautiful message. Wonderful <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, you know, give him a harp and uh, uh, let, him, let him pluck out a poem for us, man. Yeah. No, I, uh, I agree. I like the quotes. I like the mentality coming down from EDF after this, too. We are not done. So loving what we're seeing. Roma, Forza Roma. I got to give credit to Marco also in that group text. He was saying uh, during the game there was about like a 10-minute window there where this game might have gone a little World Cuppy for us, <laughs> which I thought was very clever, uh, seeing as how Italy and the U.S. men's national team is out. So, fortunately, Roma didn't go that way, but we do have to mention, Tad, last Friday, World Cup draw, very World Cuppy for us. Uh, I uh, I guess I'm just taking this one on... Uh, I, reminiscing, right? I remember uh, for the past couple World Cups, you had uh, just watching it unfold in front of you, watching your team get get pulled in to a certain group, and then trying to figure out whether or not the group of death was happening to you in real time. So I got to say, just anticlimactic last Friday. I did listen to the World Cup uh, draw and uh, just didn't feel anything. Neither of my teams are in there, so... You know, certainly I'm going to find rooting interest this summer, but it just it was not the same. So already rebuilding for 2022, Batman approves. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at these groups, I'm not even overly excited about anyone. Is is there a group of death in this one? I mean, maybe F, group F, maybe, but it's uh, I it just feels weak without the teams you love in there. You really, uh, you know. There's, there's really not much to get excited about, except for the teams who are in there. Credit to them. They made the World Cup. I hope it's fun. But just from a, um, a, a non-partisan, I guess, someone who doesn't have a dog in the fight at this point, just, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's not the same type of feeling as I've had in the past World Cups. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the soberest World Cup for me in, since 2006. So, uh Looks like uh, I'm going to start buying stock on O'Doul's because uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I don't see myself uh, celebrating any of these victories. Change is happening, though, Ted. Uh, we had breaking news yesterday with Sunil Galati. Uh, he is out as U.S. men's national team uh, president. Well, not even the national team, the U.S. Soccer Federation president. So change is coming, at least for U.S. Uh, soccer, uh, for, for appearance sake anyway. We'll see. It's We're going to go through this ridiculous presidential election now where it sounds like people are going to, you know, it's like we're going to have presidential debates for this thing. But uh, that's all in our future. I think in February, change is coming. But that's that's what needed to happen, in my opinion, with uh, Tavecchio needed to go down, even if he uh, was saying it was for political reasons. If you're really serious about change, you need change from the top. I think it's fair to give Sunil Gulati credit, but uh, we need change at this moment. Yeah, early leading candidates for this job are apparently Lane Kiffin and Ben McAdoo. So, yeah. uh, also in the running, yeah. So it's, uh, maybe we'll save them for the future coach as well. Also want to mention MLS Cup. we got a repeat going on this Saturday. Jovinko and Michael Bradley's Toronto FC, probably our rooting interest since they have Italian uh, connections with Juve and Roma, respectively. They're taking on the Seattle Sounders again, man. So... Looking forward to that. MLS continues to grow. A little sorry to not see Columbus crew in there, given all that uh, they're going through right now. Save the, hashtag save the crew. 
but should be exciting uh, on Saturday for the MLS Cup. Yeah, I'd like to see in slightly chubby G of uh, of the Iguain younger brother in the World Cup final. So I could, sorry, World Cup final. Whoa. Yeah. Slow down. That's, this isn't uh, Schweinsteiger for the press conference. Yeah, That's right. this is the MLS. Yeah, I'd like to see him in the MLS final so I could, so I could just, just watch him. Um, I guess I could have cut plenty of games going after that. But yeah, I guess uh, let's, let's go Canada on this one. Yep, should be fun. Should be fun for sure. From there, Tan, we got to go to the biggest story over to Syria. We're going to go a little bit out of order here. I'm sorry, Milanisti. This is the probably the closest you will ever get to the top of the table this season. It's just looking that way. But the biggest story from the weekend, Milan Benevento, take it away, Richard Whittle. Thank you, Richard Whittle, coming to our service yet again. Love his call every time. Just awesome, Tad. Uh, Benevento. Oh, yeah. uh, Benevento is getting my, my beer of the week crack <laughs> on that one right there. Just absolutely epic stuff right there. Yeah. I mean, as a, our beer of the week is DC Brow, The Corruption. Um, it's an Indian pale ale from our friends at DC Brow who don't tweet us back. Um, but yeah, DC Brow, The Corruption. Hopefully not uh, describing Milan there after uh, all their financial woes. We'll see about that. But yeah, Ted, let's jump ahead. We're going to go to our sixth game here with Benevento and Milan just because it's a huge story. So first, the first game of our Week 15 is uh, 2-2, Milan-Benevento, and we've got history, Tad. We're not even talking about Milan's chances for a Champions League spot. No, the history is happening on Benevento's side. Couldn't have wrote this storyline better going into it. Milan, all their struggles, Benevento, the hipster team, the Syria, a big old goose egg of points, and we get this result. Seriously. So let's take it back to antiquity here. We thought this was funny. Benevento's name is actually a, a part of the story itself because it's a place that was formerly named Bad Events in Latin that was eventually renamed to Good Events. So Benevento, Good Events, is now the name. But if yep. you're a Milan fan, you're probably feeling, uh, yeah, bad events. We should change it back. Well, and I guess uh, the, you know the town of Benevento is still reeling from this, you know, this this naming of antiquity. They, uh, it seems to be kind of a strange place. But yeah, way back in the early stages, stages of the Roman Empire, when they were conquering Italy. They lost a huge battle against a neighboring tribe there, and everyone was just like, bad juju. This place is bad. It's the place of the bad of event. But it took hundreds of years later for the, uh, for the Romans to redeem themselves and uh, win another huge battle, uh, and therefore renaming the place from Maleventum to Beneventum, the place of the good event. Maybe this is a little foreshadowing for like Roma against a Bayern or Manchester United in the Champions <laughs> yeah. League, the Romans redeeming themselves. But you know, even today, it's just like, Looking at these quotes from Vigorido, the uh, uh, Oreste Vigorido, with a name like that, do you think that uh, he's old school? Sounds Be- like antiquity. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just saying things like uh, uh, the witches are now smiling on them. Um, 
Yes, something happened. The spell was broken. When we scored in Naples, it was snowing. The wind has changed. And all I can say, we have wind power on the pitch. (laughs) What? Yep. Well, you got to go with it, man. It's like whatever's coming out of his mouth, he's not even thinking because he's probably still delirious from this result. Yeah, well, apparently the, the snowing in Mil- in Napoli was really was really sticking with him. I guess that was earlier on the season had been weird, but I would be su- I would I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't actually snowing. Just like somebody dumped an ashtray out on the you know the, 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 <laughs> somebody smoking on him on, on the on the next tier up in the San Paolo, and he's like, oh, it is snowing. But yeah, and he was just coming in with all these just weird witches and and superstitions and stuff like that. It's just it's just dripping in the history of Benevento. But here we go. Yep. History of Benevento. Yep. Brignoli. Ma- yeah, the man who will have his name in the Benevento history books from here in perpetuity. We've got Alberto Brignoli. This is the goalkeeper who you just heard. It's a great story. I looked up his bio, Tad. He's 6'1", maybe 150. Maybe. So uh, pretty uh, interesting uh, for a goalkeeper, just tall. Uh, but that, that's your historic icon. So if you're ever building a statue to him, it's not going to be like super muscular or anything like that. Just- well, no, his his statue now is Mr. Olympian. You know, he's he's <laughs> yeah. he's nine foot seven. You know, twelve thousand and fifty seven pounds. He's a uh, Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> like twelve foot seven, two million and fifty seven pounds. Just an absolute monster because. Closed his eyes and knocked it in. Yep, that was his quote after this one. Uh, he didn't didn't know where the ball was going, just closed in, his eyes and dove. And now he's inter- internet famous. His Instagram following has jumped from 5,000 to 32,000 followers. For the Benevento goalkeeper. Yeah, for the I'm Benevento su- goalkeeper. Are you surprised he had 5,000 going in this one? A little bit, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to see like Benevento as a club, what their social media following is, because... Probably 32,000 is going to dwarf whatever they have. So. so wait a minute. Header to equalize against Milan for the first point in Serie A history. 95th minute. 95th minute. Plus 32,000 Instagram followers. I think there's some ladies out there that are going to see the Bernoli cannoli. <laughs> he is uh, definitely going to be proud of this moment for the rest of his life, Tad. Pretty awesome. Uh, just credit to Benevento. Enjoy this moment. You've been pining for it the whole season. It comes against Milan. With that, we've got to turn to all the Milanisti out there. We feel for you. We really do. But this story is a pretty, pretty interesting narrative here. You've got your new coach in Gattuso. Montella was fired, and so now you bring in your new man up from the Primavera, his first game in. And it's like you're going back and forth with my New York Giants on bad decisions here. Just continuing to lose the fan base. It's like a big tragic game of one-upsmanship of hold my beer. Oh, hey, Giants, you're going to bench Eli Manning, then fire coach, then restart Eli the next game? Hold my beer. We're going to draw Benevento. But if it's if it's Milan, it's got to be like hold my Prosecco. Yes, yes. Hold my Prosecco is, is very fair. Kind of feel for Gattuso, but hey, this is the dumpster fire that you've inherited. And, uh, you know, he said after this game he'd rather be stabbed than get scored on by a goalkeeper again. Just what a way to open up his campaign. Just... Drawing to Benevento, he's already got that on his on his uh, resume. He's going he's gonna to turn up to work on Monday, and, and the key card's not going to work. Yep. The story continues to be for Milan. Sorry, guys, but uh, financial fair play rules, it's, it's money. Milan has got to figure out the money. We've read articles that there might be some more bid investments, uh, not only in 
the team, but also backing uh, Mr. Lee, the face of the, the uh, Chinese ownership group. Uh, there's some American interest, so maybe Ma- Milan's going to get some new owners here uh, in the foreseeable future. Well, the, sh- the Sharks are, are circling in the water right now because, you know, the, everyone knows that they spent $265 million. We're going to go with dollars on this one. Okay. Bitcoin, I don't know. Um, you know, they spent $265 million in the offseason, and they've just been completely underperforming. And then, you know, these New York Times articles coming out, and then now the FIGC wants to meet with them over how maybe they can resolve these financial fair play issues. And I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess the answer to this one is going to be money. Yeah. Yeah, like selling the team to somebody else. Yeah, we need assets, real assets, not just on paper. So, uh, I I mean, look, Jimmy Pelota had a great day today. I think you got to tip your cap to him because he's doing it right. I'm happy that he owns Roma and we're following it because if you're a Milan fan right now, there's nothing you can do. This is, you know, it's out of your hands and your, your team's fate, the team you love there's nothing you can do in this situation, and it's for the next couple years if this doesn't get sorted out soon. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think they might pull Yong Hong Lee might pull one of his his great moves and you know perhaps sell the team off to somebody else since he had like those four different owners of his mines thing, right. you know, the mines that he supposedly owns. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this is like that that New York Islanders experience from back in the day, where the guy just kind of conned his way into buying the team. He's like, oh, the checks in the mail, the checks in the mail, yeah. and they end up having to yoink the team from him. You know, Milan, though, not totally out of this one. I mean, Gattuso, you know, I don't really know much of him as a coach. And if I if I did say that I did, I'd be a total liar. Uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's, gonna, he's totally going to turn these guys around. Or, oh, he's got no shot at all. I think it remains to be seen, you know, drawing Benevento. But uh, maybe maybe just in this case, you just, like, law of averages. Yeah. And you just happen to be, you're on the wrong side of fate. According to uh, according to the witches, according to yeah, according <laughs> to the witches of Benevento. Yeah. So you know they're still at twenty one points. I mean, in a three way tie for that, you know, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, I believe what is it five points away from Sampdoria? Yes, five. Yeah, points yeah five away five points away from Sampdoria at six, and Sampdoria is not looking too hot right now. You have the talent, maybe Gattuso is your guy, and you know. It's still really early in the season, so maybe they can string some wins together. And uh, but I think if they're wanting to play in Champions League next year, they really need to you know wreck the discotheque in the uh, Europa League and get that automatic bid. All right, straighten out your money. The witches are happy in Benevento, Forza Milan, come back from this. But Benevento, enjoy this beautiful moment. Well, Vigarito, sorry, one more thing in this. Vigarito has another great quote in here. Um, if, you know, from this victory. When I bought Benevento, I said I'd take them to Syria and people took me for a madman. Now we've started and we want another record to stay stay up after 14 games. So he's feeling it, man. Cheers. Oh, my God. He's feeling it. I mean, he's got supernatural forces on his side. That's true. And if you thought the Crotone thing was crazy last year staying up, if if Benevento finds a way to go on a run here, I mean, that would be the story of Europe. That would be the story of the soccer world Competing with the World Cup buildup, man. That would be great. So Forza Benevento. So hashtag Racer 17th is on for Benevento. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right, Ted. I don't know if we're going to be able to top that game, but we're going to try. We're off to week 15, doing the rest of the league here, and we're going to start it off with the rundown. The aforementioned witches that we just were talking about, their spell has been broken, and Benevento now save a Serie A point thanks to the improbable equalizer of the season. 
Milan keep finding gasoline to throw on the dumpster fire while Inter carpet bomb Chievo and take over the top of the table. Juventus, however, show Napoli that the road to the Scudetto still goes through them. Roma uses its bench to help blast 10-man Spall, and OTFR shows Cinderella Sampdoria that they are happy being the wicked stepmother. Fiorentina and Udinese win big in OTF Genoa, also known as the Garden State. More on that later. Try and show everyone they are worthy of 17th with a 1-0 win and a new signing near and dear to this podcast heart. All right. Well done, Tad. We want to remind everybody we've got social media. Please find us out there on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find our podcast, the recording on uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, on websites like ASRoma360, CurveAmerica.com, pretty much wherever your favorite podcast can be found. You know, we should probably write that down so, so, we, so we can remember all the places we're on. Actually, I saw the one we were on, a, a thing called Podchaser that I don't even think we signed up for. So word is out, everybody. Word is out. Word is out. Cheers to that. Tad, you've already mentioned DC Brow as our beer of the week. I'm going to join you after doing all that Benevento talk. And then we're off to the magical top five for week 15. All right, Tad, up first in the top five, we've got a new number one. All the Interisi out there celebrating. Inter Chievo, 5 nothing. Inter, stay unbeaten and go to the top of the table. This is yours. Go ahead. Well, I was going to uh, put in a lot of Spalletti quotes in here, but I, you know, I, I figured I, I Vigorito had given away, I had taken all my good quotes, and I, I didn't want to get hung up on you just drooling over how well he I handles the media. So long as we get some coach quotes in there, I'm a happy podcaster. <laughs> well, Inter, guys, big takeaway, number one for the first time in two years. And, you know, you think about it, how, what, what a hectic league the Serie A has been, you know, I'd say in the last five years, I couldn't decide if I was surprised that it had only been two years or I was surprised that it wasn't more than two years. So I couldn't I couldn't really figure that out. But, um, you know, part of that crazy thing is, is, you know, at the beginning of the year, would you ever thought by December 5th that Inter would be top of the table? Like good and competing, I would have thought, but top of the table? Nope, definitely. I, I definitely remember my call for the beginning of the season with uh, Napoli and Juve trying to duke it out at the top. Maybe Roma nipping at their heels, and then a big distance between uh, the the two Milan teams. I did not see Inter at the top of the table. I don't think, if you're fair, most people did. Yeah, and well, and not only. I mean, even if you're a diehard Inter fan, um, you know, you're essentially looking at the same team as you did last year, minus you know Spalletti, which we'll get into. And they had all that trouble at the beginning of the last season, and they went through tons of coaches. It's amazing how much you know a year changes things. But you know, not only. Are they at the top of the table? But they're still unbeaten. Yeah, that's you know? crazy. I mean, they're they're eking out at the top of the table because the top of the table has been so competitive so far this season. But you know, only them, Man City, Barcelona, and Atletico, who amazingly is still unbeaten, made the just the master of the draws. They should have they should actually play in the Serie A the way they've been playing. But uh, uh, you know, unbeaten, top of the table, December fifth, unbelievable. And you got to give it up to this guy Spalletti. Like I said, you know. It's, pretty much exactly the same team as they were last year, you know, minus a uh, uh, Gabi goal who doesn't really help them much. And they don't really play Joe Mario, who is their other big sign at the end of last year. So, I mean, you know, you think about it, is this man, the forward whisper, 
That and they don't have Europe to deal with, which, you know, I, again, they're aiming for Champions League, but you got to acknowledge that, hey, look, you get to rest your players for six or seven days every single week. That's going to be a factor on if you're going to make a run at the Scudetto. But when you look at this game, you know, Perisic comes on and gets a hat trick. And Perisic has been a beast this year. But, you know, he picks up his first hat trick of the season and turns around. The first thing he can do is give credit to Spalletti. Said he didn't go to Man U because Spalletti convinced him to say. It's pretty impressive. Yep. The, I think you're onto something with the uh, uh, forward whisperer because everyone talks pretty positively on Spalletti, at least in Inter. Down in Roma, they have to clarify their statements. Yeah. Um, you know, Icardi scores another one this one to go clear to the top at the uh, of the Capo Canonieri. So, and also apparently has snubbed a, a move to Real Madrid. Now, you know, that's all. He's, say, he's saying the right things right yeah. now. That's what you can ask for. But hey, look, if Real Madrid comes calling, you're at least going to pick up the phone. But, you know, you look at this combination of Perisic and, uh, and Icardi, you know, these two forwards that are just beast moding um, at, at the top of the table. And you think about what uh, uh, Spalletti did with Jacko uh, and Salah last year. You know, Jacko goes from Jacko goes from King can't find the goal, and Mohamed Salah goes to that re- goes from that really fast guy um, who just can't put it all together to you know the two of them combining for like um, like fifty goals last year yep. in the Serie A alone. Um, and now we're looking at Icardi, who has always been a great striker, but you know now is is beating the world and Perisic who's making us all forget who Mario Mandzukic is. Yep, no, absolutely. Uh, I, Spalletti's tactics, uh, that's got to be a factor in all of this, and the fact that he gets the most out of his forwards. Uh, all From last year up to this year, we've got Capo Canonieri contenders on his team. Yeah, you know, just and there's a five-zero drubbing in this one. So obviously they're playing well from the back up, but, you know, controlling the ball, always pressing the team. I mean, Kondreva was awesome in this game. And so Kondreva kind of had a... A slow start to the season, but you know, just managed to pick it up, you know, going uh, as the season progresses. So, you know, but you know, you're talking about those guys down in Roma. You know, we had we had two guys say not so nice things about Spalletti um, and Diego Clipart Perotti and Daniele. I am probably the greatest human being that's ever lived, Rossi. Yep. No, uh, I think to be fair, if you read the official translations or or uh, the the long form translations. You know, they were pretty like most soccer quotes. They were pretty uh, ambivalent in the middle. Uh, kind of got blown out of proportion if you just take the snippets uh, of them. But uh, coming out today, they did clarify their comments saying, you know, I'm not too harsh on Spalletti. Except I will say for the De Rossi stuff, I thought he was, I think he was hurting a little bit with the Toti stuff last year. Yeah, well, and Toti just had his back after he got red carded out of a big game. Exactly. You know, Toti's like, oh, no, 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 no. is the man. We need to have his back. So he's going to go have Toti's back. But, you know, you think about kind of the environment on this one is EDF is playing really well. Sorry, EDF is coaching really well, and Roma is playing really well. I mean, obviously, they just they just won, uh, you know, their, the group of death um, in the Champions League qualifiers. But, you know, they're in the press conferences, and Inter goes to the top of the table. So you know, the, the press are asking him, like, oh, hey, you know, Spalletti? Do you still wish he was around? And I think it's a little bit of calculation of, yeah, no, no, Spalletti was great. You know, we, we played really well when he was here. He moved on. Um, you know, we're really behind EDF right now. We're really happy with where we are. But let me just put out kind of like one thing that's not just an absolute glowing review. 
You know, like here, here's one critique I would have to say about Spalletti. And you think about if Spalletti was still the coach of this team, this would be a way bigger story than it is. All right. So for all the Interisti, enjoy it. You're at the top of the table for this week, week 15. Quickly, Tad, over to Kievo. The Flying Donkeys, what do we got on them? Yeah, Kievo just getting absolutely bombarded in this game. You know, 5-0 says enough with a Perisic hat trick. But uh, Inter had 40 shots on goal this game. And the number 40, actually, funny enough, is the same age as uh, Sorrentino's youngest great-grandson, who celebrated <laughs> this milestone the same day of the match. So congratulations from Curve America. Tad, looking forward to Week 16. We've got a derby, the Derby d'Italia with Inter and Juve. Really looking forward to that one. And it dovetails nicely here. We've got all roads going through Juventus into Reno for the Scudetto. So This is a huge game. I mean, after uh, the Juventus result, which we'll get into in the very next game, you know, Juventus making a claim that, uh, uh, you know, you might be top of the table for now. I mean, them knocking off back-to-back teams like this would be, you know, kind of like Auburn knocking off Georgia and, and, and Alabama in back-to-back weeks. This could really be something. You can imagine the psyche of these teams in the Scudetto hunt. If, uh, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're, you go into these games unbeaten and you leave beaten by the six time reigning Scudetto champion. Yep. Credit to Juventus out there. Clawing, clawing back. We've got Napoli and Juventus here on that theme. We've got a one, nothing finish in this one. And who else? Of course it is. Iguain getting revenge in Napoli over De Laurentiis for the second year in a row. That's the owner. Let's jump into it here. Pre-game, we've got the at the San Paolo. We've got 50,000 people apparently selling out, and they're not allowing Juventus fans. I can't confirm that. I just saw that on Twitter, but I think it's reciprocated up in Torino. They're not going to let Napoli fans go up there yeah, again th- because of safety. This is not uncommon. Uh, you know, Roma-Napoli matches. Napoli fans get really rowdy especially on train rides and what like that to, you know, when they travel. So there's got to be some fair play going on here, but you know, it's not uncommon in Italy for you not, not selling tickets outwardly to away fans. Now, of course there's some Napoli. So there's some Juventus fans in this game with their scarf tucked into their jacket and not really showing off who they are, but uh, yeah, it's not uncommon. Yep. But you can absolutely feel that, uh, the pressure is still there, and all the Scudetto hopes are going to continue to run through playing Juve. When you do play Juve, it's one mistake, and it can cost you the game. And of course, we turn to Iguain. Before the game, will he play? Will he not? He had hand surgery. But let's be honest, Ted. Was there any real doubt, given the history between him, Napoli, De Laurentiis, was there any doubt he wasn't going to play? No, absolutely not. He was going to play in this game. I think... Uh... You know, I think this is, he he would have done like the Michael Jordan flu game in this one if he could. He'd come out with a 107 degree fever. But this hand surgery stuff is that resetting a bone? What's going on? A hand surgery? I don't know, but it's uh, important enough for a soccer player, I guess. But uh, it let him play. He did end up playing in this one. The backstory on this that we're referring to with Iguain De Laurentiis, the owner of Napoli, calling his striker as a Napoli player Il Chiatone, the chubby one. Tad also went further with that and called him Fat Boy G during his time at Napoli. That's about when we started Curve America. And that came out during the contract negotiations, Tad. I mean, that clearly burns Iguain. And to this day, I got to admit, even more than I realized, I I think seeing Iguain out there on this game... It, he's not letting that go for the rest of his career. He hates De Laurentiis. Yeah, he needs he needs to just move on, man. 
I mean, yeah. But you got the drama and the hand surgery thing. You can get over. You can't use your hand and. In soccer, yeah, no throw-ins. No yeah, throw-ins. okay. Or, or I guess you just can't slap Lapadula in the box, DeRossi style. Yeah, I mean, you could probably do that with a broken hand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so bizarre because you know, Kiatone, Fat Boy G, man. I mean, he gets what he wants. He gets out of Napoli for a gazillion bucks, um, and he goes to Juventus and he wins the elusive Scudetto. I think it's time to. Uh, to, to bury that the the, cho- the hatchet made out of chocolate, but you know Iguain just still wants to take bites out of it. That's right, and he really does. In the twelfth minute, we've got the only goal of the game, a celebration, of course, scanning the crowd looking for De Laurentiis. Everyone in the building knows what that's about. Credit? Can he just, just throw like a degeneration X suck it at him? Yeah. Like let's just start doing that. Everybody, I definitely knew what uh, was going on when he was scanning the crowd, so uh, he got his message across for sure. To his credit, Il Mister, sorry for Napoli, he called Il Chiatone Iguain a phenomenon and disagreed with the crowd on booing their former Napoli striker. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it makes me wonder, like, is, is, is when the new season of Jersey Shore comes out, Jersey Shore family vacation, are they going to be harboring the same grudges, or are they going to be like Iguain in this thing? No, I imagine for ratings, they're going to be doing what they do and just... Dis- denigrating my great state but uh uh more on sorry or, too. or your, your old city of florence so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's right that's true uh on that point with sorry man he was in the news after the game as well if you didn't catch the game in the highlights they were both wearing their alternate your jerseys in this game juve wearing that blue and yellow thing and napoli in their blacks sorry not happy about that feels like it was disgraceful for i guess the history of syria he thinks that they should be wearing the traditional colors well if if they should be wearing these both were an alternate ones they should play this game on thursday night like the nfl yeah. going out with those monochrome jones yeah i mean i will say for napoli i i'm i'm hoping santa brings me a roma jersey in black uh this this christmas but uh i like everyone having a black uniform whether it be duke or roma i think it looks sharp but I get what he's saying. How many crazy third kit uniforms can you have? And uh, it does take a little bit out of the game if they're not in the colors you're used to. So what are the you know implications of, of this game, do you think? I mean, the, Juventus goes to Napoli and comes out with the result. Do you think there's, you know, do you think fatigue played a factor in, in for Napoli in this one? Uh, it's a, a story that definitely they have to get deeper in the transfer market because they're burning out of players. It'll be a big game tomorrow for them with Champions League. If they continue in that tournament, that means they're going to have to rest more players if they're taking that seriously. Uh, they need a deeper bench. I think that's that's fair. They also got some bad injuries there with uh, uh, Milik going down, and uh, you know that's Gulam. not going to help. Yeah, Gulam with the torn ACL just signed a new contract, but that certainly is not going to help them. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this... I'm, I'm torn on this one because, you know, a 1-0 loss to Juventus, that's going to happen. Like I like to say, there's no shame in that game. Um, Juventus is... Sorry, Juventus is a, is a very capable team, obviously, winning six Scudetti in a row, so maybe that'd be the understatement of the century. Um, but you got to think that if this game was played, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, if uh, if Napoli might just run roughshod over them, and, and and you know them coming out having played this classic of eleven so many games in a row after the last you know tough month, and uh, Juventus themselves, I mean they didn't even play their best starting eleven in this one, and they sure as heck didn't do last game. I just think you know the depth 
is going to be an issue for Napoli. It's just it's tough to gut out a season this long. Yep, no, I agree with that. Depth is a factor, and that's why I continue to say all roads for the Scudetto continue to run through Juventus. Juve just two points off the top with 37. Uh, they have 37, and Inter's 39. A win this weekend against Inter, and Juve has clawed its way back all the way to the top, looking for that seventh Scudetto. In Napoli's uh, perspective, they've got 38 points, just a point above Juve. It's just fun, man. I, we continue to say it's the second year during, doing Curve America. How much more fun is this year compared to last year, where we've got four or five teams just every game, every week. It all matters. It's great. Juventus, I mean, to me, it's just they're like Tiger Woods in his prime. Like you can be out ahead of him, but that last day at Augusta, he's gonna come. He's gonna come marching back. Yep. Let's go to another hot team, our beloved Roma. They played Spal. This one finished three-one on Friday. Roma take advantage of a ten-man Spal, but still find a way to let an ex-player score against them. Tad, what do you got in this one? Yeah, we're talking about Federico Viviani, man. I mean, <laughs> Roma has Spal down. To 10 men at home, and Viviani somehow, well, I mean, Peloshi had probably one of the most hilarious diet. He gets a Chiellini in this one, yeah. um, basically running into Costas Manolas' hip, spinning out of control. Viviani gets the PK, and actually, Allison makes a heck of a save on this one, but knocks it right back to Viviani, puts it in, and we have yet another Roma player scoring, ex-Roma player scoring against us. But guys... Or guy. I'm so used to Marco being here. That's so right. Singular. He's here in spirit. Yes. Um, you know, Jacko, back on the score sheet, man. And I got to say, the way he gets back on the score sheet is an incredible Jacko fashion. He scores one goal, but had 11 shots on goal. Yep. And his goal, man, was a beaut. You know, he willy mazes this one over his shoulder, drops on his foot, turns, and just makes a left-footed goal at an impossible angle. Yep. But then he was missing ones that, like, you know, he could have burped on the ball, ball and it would have rolled. It was harder to miss than it was to make. So is, is this is this return of the Chuck Knobloch yips? Some might call that the yips. Our good buddy uh, Fabio out there, he might uh, disagree with me and show up a whole bunch of statistics, uh, our buddy Nick. But yeah, man, that's uh, sometimes Checo. I even watched the goal it had scored. I, the turn was fantastic. He hit the post when it scored. That it was. I'm very happy it went in. As always, you're gonna give him a ton of credit on it. There's there you go again, Chris Ross. There yeah. you go again. He hits the post. That's the only way that ball was going in. Check back how he hit the ball, and maybe I'm just a, a technician, I guess, expecting more from that. But. Uh, Hey, man, I'm very happy that he scored. Really happy that he's back on the score sheet. Uh, we're seeing some of the Capo Cononieri contenders. It's been a few weeks for him, Checo included. Yeah, you expect him to like split a fly's back hair as it goes past him. Yeah. You know, just, just goes through the eye of a needle. <laughs> yeah. I want uh, some, some gymnast moves that you would see in the Olympics, and then he lands, sticks the landing to score the goal. That's what I want from Checo. A lot of Roma players who needed to have a good game had a good one in this one. I mean, Kolarov, of course, was excellent as usual, and he's been one of the best players in Serie A, easily the best signing of the Serie A, value-wise, anyways, in the season. I don't think there's really any arguing that. Um, you know, Kevin Strootman had a goal. He really needs to get on track for Roma if we're going to advance any further in the Champions League or if we're going to have a shot at the Scudetto. He's definitely been the weak link in the midfield so far. Um, Pellegrini had a goal on this one, but just another solid performance 
for Alessandro Florenzi in this one, playing right back in this game. I mean, just anywhere we need him. And my question is, you know, I mean, he had two ACL tears every game he's played in. Um, you know, he's saved like one. I mean, he had he had a bad game against the Chelsea in the three three draw. He actually, ironically enough, didn't have a great game against Crotone. Um, but you know, this guy, I mean, out of, you know, playing all these different positions, he absolutely embarrassed Spall. Yeah, he did. And dribbling in this one, just taking on the whole team by himself. I mean, is this guy the most underrated player in the Serie A? You do, uh, find ways to forget about him after those ACL tears, but I agree with you, man, that, that highlight of him just tearing apart those, those two or three Spall defenders was, he's back. He wasn't thinking about his knees. I love to see Florenzi back in the game. Credit to him. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of a guy who, who's who's more underrated than Florenzi, a guy who can play in multiple positions, always has an impact on the game. Um, and then also, you know, if you're just looking for pure magic every once in a while, he'll drop in a, a, a bomb from 50 yards out against, you know, the best team in the world at that point in Barcelona. So this season, you know, like it, it's, you know, it's almost as if he was never hurt and he continued to improve. Yeah, you're right, Tad. So Spall continues to underperform in our eyes. They got some great strikers, some beautiful strikers, and uh, not not really results uh, coming through after that. So well, in this game, they started Peloshi and uh, Bonazzoli like I thought they would, um, and I think they brought on Boreal later. So if I were a Roma fan, I probably would ask for a little bit of my money back. We're uh, we're happy with the result. Let's finish off the top five with OTFR and Sampdoria. This one finished two one. Sampdoria get their hopes up and ours at Curve America to pull off a victory on a top five team to no avail. Late goals get the heart racing in this one. Sampdoria starts it off with Duvan Zapata's 56 one, making you think Sampdoria snagging another W and just continuing the Cinderella run, but it wasn't to be. OTFR bounce back. Milinkovic Savic, 79th minute, get the equalizer. Haven't seen him on the score sheet in a while, man. He's a good player. Yep, and you see uh, Fiorentina wishes that they didn't let him go, and then there's, of course, more interest as the transfer market looms. Other teams looking at him, so we'll see if OTFR gets to keep him. Game finishes off, of course, in extra time. Casado in the 91st minute, finishes off Sampdoria, and OTFR get all three points in this one. Their unbeaten record for Sampdoria comes crashing down in this one. They're no longer that holding that record. And the only thing else I have to say about Sampdoria is Il Presidente Ferrero, one of our favorite characters here for this podcast, he just does not have the look of an owner. He clearly has a couple drinks during the game, enjoys himself, and just looks disheveled. He, he, and of course, also in Jerry Jones fashion, needs to talk to the press after this game to let him know how, how his team did. Yeah, you kind of love that he holds the press conference. And have a couple drinks during the game where Jerry Jones is having a little Jolly Walker Blue. I think... Uh, I, I think Ferrero has been drinking fireball throughout this game. <laughs> yeah. So two straight losses for Sampdoria in this one. Uh, we had the question of whether we're worried or not, but I think there's just still ecstatic to be up at this top of the table with this top five com- competitor. Well, they've they've built themselves a pretty decent lead. As I say how you know Milan doesn't have to totally panic for your Europa League spot or all these teams have to panic in Europa League spot, you know, by, by being uh, uh, down five points. They still have a comfortable lead, and uh, I, you know, they they don't they've played a lot of the big competition already. Um, so I think if you know at this point they can maintain to Christmas if they just keep beating the teams they should beat, 
um, or getting three points against a team they should beat and try and pick up a point here and there. I mean, they got Roma back-to-back. Yeah, that's the big outlier. In January. Uh, that's going to be really tough for them. Um, but, you know, the way that Fiorentina's playing right now, um, you know, they don't, they don't want to get too calm. They don't want to rest too much on their laurels, yeah. um, as my grandfather would say. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, really kind of keep, look to keep pressing and, and try and build on that comfortable lead. Yep. On the other side of the game, we've got OTFR. We got another game without an Immobile goal, so a little worried about that for for OTFR. A little oh, bit. come on! <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the reason why they're as far along as they are right now is because Immobile has been playing out of their mind. But people are going to start to develop game plans around him, and you know, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, this next game he could come out and score three in it. I mean, he's just he's just that type of t- type of talent. Yeah, I think the biggest story with OTFR in this one was uh, they needed this game. And Zaghi, he had some quotes uh, before and after the game saying that VAR playing a factor in his team's games too much. He feels that VAR is being used way too much, and it's it's really been the victim. They've been victims of it in on multiple occasions. Yeah, I feel this. I bet Daniel Iterosi feels the same way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this article I read in Gazzetta dello Sport, uh, it just showed how bad they wanted this game and you got to give them credit they fought back against the cinderella sampdoria story and they get a full three points against sampdoria in this one so it's just what otfr needed to bounce back stupid var man that's what i just love it's like the same three talking points every time somebody talks about var anybody who like objectively talks about like yeah you know you really kind of need it because these refs kind of mess up. But then when it screws you up, you're just like, "Stupid VAR! This game is going to make the game so long, and like you know, it's, we can't we can't be doing it. can't be stopping the game. Stupid VAR!" And it's like, <laughs> of course, it's it's. I mean, Derossi would still be in that game against Genoa. I mean, it, co- it costs Roma, but they needed VAR for that. And it's going to be a factor. So we've got OTFR. They've got 32 points. Sampdoria just behind them with 26. That wraps up our top five. We'll finish off week 15 with the second half of the games. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. We've already mentioned that Milan-Benevento game. We're going to jump down to Fiorentina and Sassuolo. Finished 3-0 in Fiorentina's favor. Sassuolo, get purple rain down. I like that one. Purple rain, purple rain. Yeah, Fiorentina at home. Just a really tough team to beat. And this game, real looking good for Fiorentina as they try and, you know, gain some momentum to try and make a run at the uh, at this Europa League spot and stay relevant. Their three young stars all are the difference maker for them. Giovanni Simeone, Jordan Veritao, and uh, Federico Chiesa, rich faith in the church, all with a goal in this one. Here they are in seventh place with 21 points within striking distance. I know, I know we're kind of wiffle-waffling back and forth, but 
Sampdoria with those two losses, they got to be tasting some kind of blood in the water. But I think this team is only going to go as far as Pioli's wardrobe takes them. <laughs> See this man again? Anytime you wear a purple turtleneck, you better own it. You better he own it. owns a purple <laughs> turtleneck, man. Yeah. I mean, purple turtleneck underneath the suit, ball head in the cold. I mean, I, you know, Chris... I see this as kind of your new look. No, give me another 10, 15 years. I'll I be right there. I think in 10 there. and 15 years, you got to be the, the turtleneck and sport coat guy. All the right. beard and the bald head. Yep, that, that's that's where I'm going. But I'll be the three-piece suit guy, too. I'm going Spalletti well, on that. Yeah, but I mean, Pioli rocks that, too, as well. <laughs> I think I see a, I think I see Asbury Park FC bench job for you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get that call up since they shunned you for not having a left foot as a backup goalkeeper. So true. So it's interesting to me, Tad. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this more, I think, later. But Fiorentina tied with Milan. Boy, they both had the same amount of points, but it feels a little different, I think, with uh, Fiorentina. They wish that maybe they were a little bit higher, but should be pretty content with that. On the other side of the ball in this one is Sassuolo. Sassuolo is just trash. Yeah. I mean, they they the only teams they've beaten are Benevento and Spall early on in the season when they came up, and Cagliari. And you know, as Cagliari has shown forever as... They're going to finish between 10 and 15, and they have the capability of losing to everybody. I'm starting to nominate Sassuolo, unless Giacchini is able to turn this thing around as our official, just send them down, just send them down already, team of the season. Yeah, we are not entertained. The only entertaining thing I found about Sassuolo in this, uh, I saw Giacchini saying that he wished he came a month later, which I don't understand as like, they were already so bad. I wish like they had more time to gel or something, but I wish I came a month later. He seems pretty impressed, unimpressed with the team he just took over. Well, if they go down, good thing about Giacchini is, is he can probably just take his hat off and blend into the crowd. You know, the, the, I wouldn't the deciding him. game. Yeah, he just, he's just gone. Yep. But where, where's Berardi, man? That's true. Uh, he, he mentioned Berardi, saying that he's kind of expecting more. The other interesting thing about his quotes were that he thought the team needed to gel more, especially around Berardi, which just tells me, like, they are just, I mean, you think Milan is bad. Sassuolo is just a dumpster fire and a half. Yeah, Giacchini, I mean, I can't, you're probably why you're not giving him more of the equal quotes. He's still getting his footing in this press in these, in these press conferences. Like, he's just kind of like, yeah, Berardi should be playing well. Yeah, we should have come a month later. Everyone's like, Goza? I wish I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Sassuolo, send them down, man. They uh, they were battling with Udinese as the most uninteresting team in the Serie A, and as we'll see with Udinese, man, they're turning that ship around. Yep, just one point out of the danger zone with 11 points for Sassuolo. Send them down. Other interesting point I'll end with, uh, I just saw Cannavaro. He might retire during the transfer market and go coach with his more famous brother, Fabio. In so, China? In China, yeah. So I saw that today. We will see. That would be yet another blow for Sassuolo. Up next, finishing off this week, is Bologna and Cagliari. This one finished 1-1. Mattia Destro takes his shirt off once more. Tad, what do you got? Yeah, Mattia Destro is a difference maker in this one. Uh, he he scores the, the opening goal and has a goal in Donadoni a couple weeks ago. Talking that ish about Destro. Ever since then, he scored two goals in three games. And so, uh, and Donadoni kind of backpedaled on this one. He's saying that Destro and Verdi are probably both good enough to play uh, 
for the Atsuri. So I don't know what Donadoni is doing, man. You gotta, if you, you gotta, you gotta ride this horse till she bucks, man. Yeah, it sounds you, like psychology there. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be Deal Ortiz in this guy. You gotta be tickling his his fat waves. You gotta be saying all sorts of trashy things till he gets back in this one. Verdi, of course, everyone thinks he's the boss, but uh, uh, I don't know. It's a risky game he's playing. Destro's probably gonna go back to eating Twinkies on the bench pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. And then you found a new favorite player here, huh? With uh, Eric Pulgar. Pulgar, man. How have I not noticed this man? How have I not noticed this man? Chileans, they just have the best look. They either look like Viking warriors or like, you know, cart. They look like they're straight out of Narcos. I mean, just a crazy neck tattoo, like full neck tattoo, and rocks a gold tooth. You know, I mean, this guy, him with Diego Laxalt, I think, you know, we need to have all drug dealer team. In the Serie yeah, like the starting 11 for, you know, the gangster starting 11. And I'm starting off my midfield with Eric Pulgar and Diego Lexalt. But we're going we're gonna to work on this one and see uh, anybody out there who thinks who looks like the biggest uh, cartel drug enforcer out there or just straight up, you know, guy, who, guy who's going to get killed by Liam Neeson and Taken. <laughs> let's 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 see those pictures and and, and those, those recommendations or the, the next leading role in spring break too oh yes <laughs> spring yeah. breakers yeah yeah all right we'll leave it there on to our next game is atalanta and torino this one finished 1-1 very exciting game sorry curve americans it was just a meh kind of game a missed opportunity too as both teams missed getting into a europa league spot with this draw Main takeaways, credit to Ch- uh, Torino here. They're wearing the Chapacuense jerseys. In case you were wondering why Torino was wearing green, it was to honor the doomed Brazil flight the soccer community rallied around last season, which to this day was one of the coolest things that I think uh, the soccer community has done. And I think the connection is really due in large part to Torino's similar tragedy back in the 50s with Superga, where they lost their entire team. Uh, to another plane disaster. So credit to Torino for that classy move. Also, really sharp jersey. Is is Torino making a move for Classy's team in the Serie A after Belotti giving his jersey away and then wearing the, the Chapel Coenese jerseys? Yep. It's Moving good, forward. Good Let's reason keep to Keep an eye on this one. That's right. Your loss, Joey Bag of Donuts, Joe Hart. Could have still been with this classy organization. To the bench for Marco, because he's not here. Here's your coach quote. He takes this tie, but we play to win. That was what he was really focused on. And Torino may not have all the bulls to run for a title. Ted, I know you like that one. Mm -hmm. But I'm a fan of this. Week in and week out, they're constantly pushing for more. And I want Torino to to go to Europe just to the grinta uh, of, of trying every week. And no matter what the result, they always want more. I think that's good. It reminds me of Indiana basketball. Mihalovic reminds me of Bobby Knight. I like it. So Mihailovic had that quote that you just put out. You didn't say that directly. No, I did not. Quote, okay. take, so that's, we'll take the tie, but we play to win, end quote. So that is a big reason why Torino has an uphill battle for Classy's team in the league, because I think he also threw a chair into the middle of the field in <laughs> yeah. this game. Well, nobody's perfect. He pushed the hot dog stand kid down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. On the other side is Atalanta, and I just think that they are all about contentment. Europe is going very well. They're at the top of their league. Uh, sorry, they're at the top of their group. No relegation in sight. They're comfortably in the middle. Papu Gomez, their captain, is a non-factor in these games, but they don't seem to mind. And Gasparini, their Ilmister, not concerned. So Atalanta, I don't know what the game plan is. You're not really pushing for much, but you're doing quite well there in the middle of the table. They are currently in 10th place with 20 points, and I kind of think that's where you would want them to be. 
Torino right behind them in 11th, also with 20 points. But hey, I wish he would have more of a Torino attitude going forward. I think that would be better for the league. On to the next game, guys. Crouton Nation. Crotone taking on Udinese. This one finished 3-0 in Udinese's favor. Massimo Odo gets his second win of the week as Udinese's new maestro. I don't even recognize this Udinese team this past week. They started, they've scored 11 goals in two games. Granted, the first one was the Coppa Italia when they went 8-3 to against Perugia, but Udinese, have they ever scored eight goals against anybody in the entire history That's of their organization? Good point. I doubt it. And then, you know, the team that's known for their youth, Maxi Lopez scored four goals in the 8-3 Perugia <laughs> thing. And I think he also sur- uh, solved that Meredith Kircher uh, Manadox murder case while he was there. Massimo Odo, we're getting, the, we're getting the juices flowing with some of our early season favorites. Jake the Snake Jankdo with a brace in this game. He also had a goal in the Copa Italia. Best player in the Serie A, Kevin Lasagna, had a goal in this game and also had a goal in the Copa Italia. I mean, who are these new little zebras, man? Yeah, new blood, new blood. I think it's good. Uh, they've also got uh, Giacchini down there in the Sassuolo bench, so maybe they got something to prove now. Their former coach back in the league. Kevin Lasagna has doesn't have to prove anything to anybody for the rest of his life. <laughs> Just but, with that name. Yeah. I think Jake the Snake has got his eyes on trying to go somewhere else in the January or, or the end of the season transfer window. But, you know, Massimo Odo, man, comes out and, 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 and Udinese is making some waves. Now, on the other hand, we got another team that's trending south. Unfortunately for Chris, Crouton Nation, they're goalless in four straight games. Yep, Club Crouton Nation here in D.C. Uh, very aware that we have not been winning games, and the race for 16th is in jeopardy. Definitely agree with you yeah, on they're that. They're going to 16th, not the 17th. They need to do one spot better than last year, but in these four straight goalless games, one of them was a Copa Italia loss, 1-0 against Genoa, who also goose-egged him in the league in those four straights. So 2-1-0 losses to Genoa, four straight goalless games. The croutons are crumbling, man. The croutons are crumbling. That's da- going to stick. Davide Nicholas, he's looking to take that, that, that bike chain off his bike. Yeah, that's right. All right, Tad. We've just got one more game left, and it is down in Richard Whittle's The Danger Zone. But we don't need to do... Anything more from Richard Whittle. Earlier in the podcast, he did enough for himself. Yeah, if you're not convinced that Richard Whittle is just a golden person to have in the Serie A universe, uh, go back and listen to the earlier part of this podcast when he called the Benevento goal. I've actually, we, we interviewed Richard Whittle um, after the uh, uh, the Roma Derby, Roma Wedding Derby, and the thing I didn't know about him is he actually rides a stallion to and fro the game. Yep. A Clydesdale. Who needs a car when you're Richard Whittle? You just ride that Clydesdale. To the game. It's Genoa, OTF Genoa, to be sure. Ooh, close, close to a fine. And actually, I got to get fined because I, I did an OTF Genoa and, and, and their recap of Crotone. No worries. The fines are going away, Tad. We got a new nickname for them. They played Hellas Verona in this one and beat them 1-0. OTF Genoa, also known now and better known as the Garden State, State Jersey Strong America, takes three points with Il Pepito signing a new deal. Up there in Genoa, I couldn't be happier. This game is old news. Congrats to Pendev on scoring, but we're moving out and selling, celebrating this New Jersey style. Hold on. Goran Pandev, though, if he doesn't look like he should be on, on the all-nemesis team, the all-drug dealer, the all-gangster team, Goran Pandev is a great eastern european gangster name it is a the good pride name. of macedonia yeah but the celebrations continue tad 
I'm not even talking about the godforsaken MTV show that went on eight years ago this week. I'm curious, Ted, did you hear about the show, uh, Jersey Shore, MTV style? I was a religious watcher. In Italy? You were watching it? Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I even, when I was in Florence, I went to the bar they always hung out in. Yeah, everyone followed that stuff. It's to, to this day... Hands down, the greatest reality show of all time. GTL, baby. Snituation, yeah. I got you back. Yep, Jim Tan Laundry, godforsaken show. New Jersey, my apologies. But we've got a new nickname for Genoa Tad. I think this is really going to stick. The Garden State, the other thing New Jersey is known for. Because one of our own, Giuseppe Rossi, he's made an epic comeback from yet another surgery. He's been plagued with them his entire season, his entire career, but we're very happy to see him back in the Serie A. He mentioned in his press conference today he's he's happy to be back and also dreaming of the national team too. So hey, if the Azzurri are rebuilding, maybe Pepito can rebuild with them. The Garden State's march to 17th place just got a huge boost thanks to Pepito. Forza Giuseppe Rossi, you're welcome Genoa, signed the great state of New Jersey. I also like to point out that Chris's Jesus chain, gold Jesus chain is on the outside of his rolled up sleeve waffle shirt today. Tis the season. Are you are you, are you just gonna dress like Giuseppe Rossi in street clothes? Pretty. Is he is he the Zach Bramf of the Garden State general team? Tad, let me take you to Satrials. <laughs> we'll go to Sopranos hangout spots. We'll talk about it. <laughs> On the other side of this one, Tad, we got Hellas. Not much to report. Just Verona continue to disappoint me here. Coach Pecchia felt his players deserve didn't deserve to lose this one. But I'm still looking for more fire, personally. There just needs to be more verve, more spirit coming out of Fair Verona, especially on the Hellas side of town. That's all I got for them. That finishes off Week 15. Juvent- well, so you throw in that Juventus won their game today. Looking for Napoli to win their game tomorrow. But guys, but Chris Ross, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's games. Derby d'Italia. Don't need to watch the Kievo game because that's 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, we won't have a Roma game, but uh, definitely just just epic narrative to talk about for next week's podcast. We've got the Derby d'Italia, like you said. Definitely looking forward to maybe watching this with the uh, Roma Club DC guys because, hey, it's got implications on our season as well. Looking forward to Week 16. That's probably the biggest game. Tad, until then, di shamo. Arrivederci. Ciao, Marco. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao a tutti.